passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. If your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, blue, blue this, this is the pod, is the for, pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. The Knicks fails, execute in crunch time, leads to another crushing loss at home. The Lakers were able to outlast the Knicks 129-123, winning the game in overtime. The Lakers got out to a six-point lead late in the fourth quarter, but the Knicks stormed back to tie the game and had the ball with four seconds left and a chance to win at the end of regulation. But the team failed to get a shot off on a Julius Randle isolation to get to Anthony Davis as time expired. New York scored just one field goal in the first four minutes of overtime, leading to the tough loss. LeBron James, 28 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds, another triple-double for the King. He also passed Mark Jackson and Steve Nash for fourth on the NBA's all-time assist list. Anthony Davis added 27 in the Lakers win. For the Knicks, you had Jalen Brunson, who had another stellar game, 37 points, but was not given the ball at the end of the game in that final possession. So we'll certainly talk about that. Julius Randle did get the ball in that possession, had 23, but struggled offensively. He had a 6-for-19 shooting night. And another important note in this game, R.J. Barrett had sat the last 11 minutes and 51 seconds of this affair, declined to speak to the media after the game. So plenty of things to jump into from this very eventful game. Let's start with that final possession in regulation with the Knicks four four seconds, essentially, with the ball inbounding on the sidelines. What did you think of the last play? Yeah, I, I thought it was definitely inefficient. I mean, obviously, we start with the fact that they didn't get a shot off in, in, in you know before time expired. That's inexcusable. It's inexplicable. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the way the play was drawn up or or the lack of, uh, you know, intricacies, you know, the, with the way the play was drawn up. Um, my first problem and biggest issue is with who got the ball. Um, Jalen Brunson, and I wrote about in the newsletter this morning, Jalen Brunson earned the opportunity to win that game last night. National TV, tons of celebrities at the Garden league tuning in LeBron less than a hundred points away from passing Kareem um, and Jalen Brunson again in crunch time, put the team on his back four four for four from the free throw line in the fourth quarter. Um, the last three buckets the Knicks had in regulation Brunson either scored and or assisted on 
um, had that had that runner uh, to cut the lead to six, dished to Grimes to cut the lead to four, uh, to cut the lead to two rather, had a had a floater himself um, uh, in the paint to tie it um, with a with a less than yeah. a minute left, and then the Knicks needed to stop to give themselves an opportunity to win. Came over, drew a incredible charge on Anthony Davis as he was driving yeah. um, for bucket. That's a game saving charge. Something we've seen Brunson do all year long: make winning plays. And that was a winning play to give the Knicks an opportunity to win the game. Now we we flip over and we discuss the fact that on that final play, not only had Brunson been more efficient and effective that game, as you note. Uh, Randall was six of 19, you know, through the first 48 minutes of that evening. Um, Brunson's been more efficient and effective, far more efficient and effective in the clutch all season long. Um, And so for, you know, if, if your biggest issue is, is you don't want to run with, um, you know, you're worried about Anthony Davis coming over and, 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 you know, stopping um, or or rather LeBron James on Jalen Brunson, like that's what you're worried about. Um, then run a screen, run some action, any action yeah. that creates some yeah. space. You have IQ come over and run a you know one-two uh, high pick and roll, um, and, and and get LeBron in some action there. Um, but again, on the season, I, again, I looked it up this morning. The Knicks, uh, both Brunson and Randall, have played approximately 120 clutch minutes this season. That's what the NBA defines as any game, any as a point in any game where there's a differential of five points or less. And there's five or few minutes remaining. That's either fourth quarter of, of or overtime. In those 120 minutes, Brunson has scored 105 points while shooting 47% from the floor, 39% from deep, and 84% from the free throw line. And has dished out 12 assists and while committing just three turnovers. Randall, on the other hand, has scored 56 points while shooting 27% from the floor, 23% from downtown, and 73% from the free throw line. He has 13 assists, but 11 turnovers. Um, again, Brunson has earned the opportunity to win that game, yep. um, and he wasn't given it, and it, it cost the Knicks that, that final possession, and unsurprisingly cost them the momentum, and they got crushed in overtime, and it's another loss at home, and another time in which is in which – Tom Thibodeau's lack of X and O's acumen cost the Knicks dearly. Yeah, it's funny. So, I, short story: I'm watching the game at the station with my good buddy Ryan Hickey, who, by the way, also on the Odyssey Network, he hosts the uh, Indianapolis Coast podcast here. And we're watching him this game. He's also a Knicks fan, and you get to that final possession. He, you know, knows I'm the, I'm a, you know the guy who hosts the Knicks podcast on the Odyssey Network, and he's like, all right, EJ, what are you drawing up here? I'm like, well, I gave him like four options. Uh, but it all included, you know, something with Jalen Brunson having the ball. I was like, you know, they could run like a, a you know, one-two with quickly maybe, uh, maybe in case they want to get a switch, or maybe they could just clear it out if they like the matchup and let Jalen Brunson go one-on-one. But I told them there were two things they had that they had to uh, keep Anthony Davis out of the action and avoid LeBron James in hell. And somehow the Knicks failed at both. Both things I said, there's only thing they can't do, they cannot – they cannot attack Andy Davis, and they need to avoid LeBron James and help because he's an excellent help defender. He is great with hands, great with steals, and he's going to be a problem defensively. So you had to keep him out of the action as well. And somehow the Knicks drew up a – I don't even want to call that a play. The yeah. fact that Tom Thibodeau keeps calling it a play is insulting to everybody's intelligence. He's back to gaslighting everybody again. He's in the postgame saying, oh, there are three options on the play. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. 
Julian Randle posted up on the wing. Brunson gave him the ball, and nobody moved. Nope. No one moved. That's not a play. That's just you giving the inbounding the ball. And look, Julius Randle has to move that ball. If there's any slither, slither of bail you're going to shoot, Tibbs, is that Randle made a terrible read. Uh, you're one-on-one with Davis, and then James comes over. The, the read is clear. You escape dribble, you throw the ball out. You ball fake, you throw the ball out. Brunson's wide open. It's a quick decision. You don't got that much time, but he's a, he's a star player. He's paid to make that decision. But we know Julius Randle struggles in those moments. We have not seen Julius Randle make a big shot like that in the regular season for his entire career with the Knicks at this point in time in terms of like an isolation clutch at the end of a regulation kind of play. So to go through that and to put Julius in that situation, knowing that he had already struggled and you're going up against what, literally one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Like Andy Davis is that great. And you're saying my play is to let Julius decide how to go one-on-one and attack Anthony Davis. I mean, Tibbs is stealing money. Like he's made millions of dollars to come up with a play that put the Knicks in the best position to win. Remember, it wasn't just a timeout that he had to draw something up. He had a review that took way too long, by the way. He had a, he had like two or three, four minutes on a review on the charge. To, they're still drawing up a play. They assume they're getting the ball back. And then he called a timeout. And you see him with the – I don't know what he's drawing. What is he drawing on that clipboard? I need I need, I need, need someone that had – the whoever had the zoom lens camera that Pat Beverly had when he came on the court and had that technical file, I need someone that had a DSLR zoom to see what the hell Tibbs drew on that whiteboard. Tic-tac-toe? Maybe, maybe you play tic-tac-toe with one of the assistants, you think, something like that? Yeah, or like it was a SpongeBob episode when he writes, you know, the, and it's just all, you know, cursive and all decorative uh, lettering. like. That was man. That 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 play was inexcusable, and it's crazy to me because like, while like we know Tibbs is not X is no mastermind. Like the first game of the season, they are down by three against Memphis. He draws up that masterclass play for Cam Reddish in the corner, and they get open three, and they send that game into overtime. Like, I know he could have drawn something better than that, and that's kind of what's frustrating about that last play. A hundred percent. And yes, Randall made the incorrect read. But as you know, we have three plus years of right. body of evidence here that Ra- you cannot trust Randall in those for everything Randall does. 20, 20, 10 and five on a bad night on an inefficient game. There's a lot to love about Julius Randall. And there are things that he struggles with and end game situations it, it are bad. When guys come over and double when 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 two long players double them, he very frequently doesn't see, um, even though he has the ability to throw a cross-court pass, um, he just doesn't see it. Um, and I, that w- that was another situation last night where, worst-case scenario, Brunson gets an open three. Even if uh, LeBron rushes back and gets to him in time, uh, down, Brunson's downhill and, and gets right. in the pain and can shoot a floater. Um, so, But, yeah, again, that's on you. a, a good coach puts his best players in positions to succeed. And he did Julius Randle no favors by having him isolate against a tremendously talented and long defender with another great help defender coming over. Um, and we saw the result. And one of the things, just because you noted, um, and yeah. I meant to mention it as well, the length of these replays is getting out of hand. We had yeah. the we had the, the Anthony Davis charge one that took forever. And then the one in overtime on the, on the goaltend. It yeah. seemed like it took 
a millennium for them to make a decision. If it's that close, that means it's too close to overturn, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it, it was just it, it just ridiculous that that's something they need to work on. But um, that that that's another conversation for another day. Um, it, it, yes, uh, I totally agree with you on on the on the the the, uh, the failure of that that final play. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, and on that Rui play, it almost looked like the they couldn't get the replay up for a while. Like I just kept seeing the replay center, uh, you know, graphic on that monitor. So it looked like there might have even been a technical issue that led oh, to okay. that delay because there was no replay happening. I kept they were just standing there. I'm like, are they showing? Are they gonna look at the play? Like, what's going on? Are they? Or I thought maybe they were arguing, and we'll never know. I don't know if they were arguing whether or not they could actually review it. Um, because sometimes that comes into contention. But there was a long time in that stretch where they weren't even actually looking at a replay. It was okay. just a replay yeah, I- being up. And they were I, just standing there. I was in the building, so the every everyone in the crowd was like, "What is going on yeah. here?" So, um, right, yeah. But yeah, to to that point, the NBA is a billion dollar enterprise. It, it, same goes for the NFL. If it's you know, well, there's a lot of games going on on a Tuesday night. Then have then then hire ten more people so you have the worst case scenario. You have too many people, and and they're and some guys are twiddling their thumbs. Don't allow these these. I mean, it really kills the momentum of the game. It just makes for a bad product. That's something the NBA needs to work on and address immediately. Yeah, I'm also not crazy about goaltends that aren't the ball hitting the backboard being reviewable like that just on a fly. Like I think. If you wanted to give them a challenge, I, I get that. But yep. that's almost – I don't want to say it's a judgment call, but to me it kind of is. Like, it, it's kind of yes. a judgment call. It's like Because, you know, like to say that, okay, we're going to now look back at it. Like when the ball hits the backboard, yes, I think you should be able to review that because that's yep. clear. Yep. That one was so close, and it's like – it's really like some people – I thought it, he got it in time. A lot of people thought that it was it was about to come down. So, therefore, they should have gave Brunson the, the field goal. Like – it's so bang bang. Like I just think you gotta let the person who calls on the on the on the court get that that get that call. But the other big thing from this game, outside of the Knicks, you know, failures and and, and executing again in overtime, which is just, you know us beating a drum. Uh, Russell Westbrook, I thought, had a really good overtime um, and a really good fourth quarter. And I think a lot of the Lakers talked about that after the game. But R.J. Barrett sitting, you know, the last eleven minutes and fifty one seconds of this game played none none of overtime, missed the last six seven minutes of the fourth quarter he i assume wasn't happy because he declined to talk to reporters uh as what's been noted by the people who cover the team rj is extremely accessible normally and does not do this kind of thing win lose or draw so rj didn't want to talk after this game it's another game where he sat a long period of time did not finish this one what did you make of that decision and and then what appears to be some discontent from rj for sitting uh the rest of this way I did not have a problem with with Tibbs sitting RJ Barrett. In fact, I, I thought it was the correct decision. Um, IQ is playing so well right now, um, so consistently, so productive, so efficient. Just on both ends of the floor, just almost an invaluable piece. Um, as as an aside, two games in a row now where the Knicks have come out very flat in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, 
Randall talked about it on Saturday night after the Nets game, basically saying we weren't ready. You know, we didn't come out with any fight on defense on, you know, one fight through screens weren't as crisp. That's not a good sign. And it was even worse uh, at Tuesday night against the Lakers Um, scored five points in the first, basically eight minutes of the game. Um, That changed when IQ and and Hardenstein was also playing really well. Um, Credit to Hardenstein for really turning his season around um, over these last handful of games. Um, And it's very much needed because Sims was outclassed uh, against Anthony Davis last night. Um, And and I talked about that in the last episode, that that Sims against Anthony Davis could be a problem, and it was. And it was a major problem. Sims has looked good in spurts, um, but since kind of being, you know, thrown at the deep end of the pool, he has not swam. You know, he's he's sunk. Um, Just (laughs) last night was another one of those nights where you really miss Mitchell Robinson. Um, But yeah, but I I say that to to mention how the importance that IQ had on, you know, just changing the momentum, changing the the, the kind of tenor of the game, um, his energy, his, his tenacity, especially on the defensive end, even when his shot's not falling positively impacts the game night after night after night after night. Um, and he plays extremely well. Moments never too big. Um, so I want him on the floor, end of games. Um, if you want to argue that that RJ could have uh, eaten into Grimes' minutes, I can I can live with that argument. Um, again, uh, Grimes needs to start making shots. We, we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks. Um, credit to him yeah. uh, for, again, contributing. Had a beautiful dime to Hartenstein. Uh, oh, late yeah. Oh, yeah. That was that was a that was a gem. Beautiful pass, um, and he and and, cons- and consistently, because um, the shot's not falling, um, he's attacking the basket more often. Got some dunks, got some layups, uh, fed some scorers. Um, but again, uh, over his last, uh, where's the numbers here? Over his the, over the next last five games, he's shooting thirty eight percent from the floor. Is seven of thirty one from downtown. That's twenty three percent. That's not going to cut it. During the stretch, it seems like he misses a like huge momentum generating shot at least once a night um especially of late he's one of 10 in the fourth quarter and overtime during that five game stretch um so he 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 needs to knock down those shots but again he at least he brings it to you um uh, on the defensive end when when the shot's not dropping um the situation with barrett as inefficient as he was offensively he's five for 13 last night he was just as bad on the defensive end allowed a couple straight line yeah. drives by westbrook um just you know didn't look like kind of sharp and, and didn't look tuned in um so if he's not if he's not scoring and he and he does go stretches that first quarter in particular when he looked invisible um he's not going to help you much on the defensive end i have no problem with him sitting in the fourth quarter and kind of earning those minutes um at some point in time, given as well as IQ was playing and as and RJ not quite living up to the standard that a lot of fans had hoped, it might be worth having a conversation. Is RJ better suited for the six-man role? Um, you know, I guess we'll, we'll talk about that at, at some point in the future. Um, but as far as last night goes, I don't have a problem with, with Barrett sitting. Um, it will be interesting to see how he handles the media uh, if he talks after practice today or, or before Thursday's game or after Thursday's game. Um, to RJ's credit, he's been a complete consummate professional since the moment he arrived in New York as a 19-year-old. Not everybody can handle that. Um, so I'm not going to get on him for um, kind of bailing on the media last night. We'll see how he handles it later this week. Yeah, I, I was I, I echoed that, that last point about RJ. I'm not gonna go crazy about him, you know, not talking immediately after that game. Sometimes it's best you probably don't. You may say something crazy. Uh, you know, he probably realized he had a rough game, but also wanted to play. So if he comes out and says something about not getting playing time, that becomes a whole controversy. So um hopefully he get he he takes that accountability next time he he does speak. Cause I, I was on Julius Randle when he went on that 
month and a half stretch where he decided he just was never going to talk to the media, which was ridiculous. Already never done that. So, and he stood and took those answers and questions from the media during that rough, rough Nick stretch last season. So I'm giving him a, a pass there for sure. The decision to sit RJ is a tough one because like you said, his defense is, is slipping so much that even when Grimes isn't making shots, it's still a decision to make as to whether or not you sit him over Barrett, because if Barrett's not scoring, he's a minus defensively. Now, I, I do feel like at time, like the Lakers were a, a tricky matchup in the sense that, you know, because they didn't want to put Brunson on, uh, on, on Russell Westbrook, that means somebody has to guard him. So that, that, that guy ended up being RJ Barrett for portions of this game and Barrett's too slow. Uh, you know, Russell Westbrook, the guy who's a declining player at this point in his career, um has had moments this year come off the bench where he's played well but has been very erratic for most of the season and barrett could not stay in front of him so there you got to make a decision are, are you gonna uh, uh, wait for barrett to start him making shots now he's had games where he goes you know one for eight and then makes his last nine shots like maybe on barrett's side he's thinking low yo like let me keep playing like i've shown just like in the boston game we finally threw him back in there i had to get biggest three in the game or in other games uh, over the course of my career that I can make plays even when I'm struggling. Um, but at the end of the day, it's tough when you're in those decisions and you see him struggling and you know, he can't guard anybody on the court, at least anybody that he would have to be posted up against. So yeah, Barrett's got to defend better. It's very simple. I mean, I think if he defends at the level that he's shown he's capable of in the past, then he has no concerns about playing at the end of the game. Um, I, I do think that some of these rotations, though, have to be tweaked because you had a stretch there where Emmanuel quickly is now playing, you know, 14, 15 straight minutes because of just how the rotations are. And, and to me, that just isn't smart just for just basic trying to get the most out of these players uh, for that time they're playing. So maybe there's a beef there with, for RJ where you can say, look, the way you're managing these minutes is kind of stupid and it's, you know, allowing me to sit 11 minutes and other guys play 15, 16 straight minutes. Or Isaiah Hartenstein played 17 straight minutes at, at a certain point. I think there has to be some adjustment there, but um, it, it, until RJ starts defending consistently, I think this is going to be something that is going to be uh, a, a thing for the Knicks every game. And it's crazy. I didn't think that this would be the case, but uh, but his defense was that bad last night, and I understood why he didn't play. Yeah, it and it's, it is definitely concerning that we're, you know, what, 50 games into the season right now, and it's not shocking that that Barrett is on the bench at, at in fourth quarter. You know, some somebody on Twitter posted, you know, one year ago he had that great game against the Lakers, and now he, he yeah. kind of finds himself on the outside of the rotation um, in, in crunch time. So um, part of that is due to the fact that how well and how indispensable IQ and Grimes have made themselves. The other side of the coin is that RJ has not progressed, especially on the defensive end, um, and even efficiency-wise, as as the Knicks front office and coaching staff certainly would have hoped. Yeah, yeah, I I do think that, and and, and then comes the question of you know is that a great is that a larger concern moving forward for RJ who just signed a new extension, um, that you know he's a player at this point in his career that there's a question of whether or not he's going to close the game or not. I, I think I think I'm gonna hold on those conversations until we kind of see how the season ends for me. Like I think it's too early to kind of jump to, to that conclusion where or maybe they shouldn't have given him this extension. Um because this could end up being a short-lived thing. Like maybe he turns it around defensively and then we don't have these conversations in a month, you know. 
as as far as the extensions, I'm not overly concerned about the extension. It, it, again, I think it's really important to keep in mind that the cap is about to rise exponentially. Um, you got the TV, right. the NBA's TV contract ending soon. Cap is going to increase dramatically. Um, it, most likely, you know, looking ahead, projecting ahead, uh, Barrett's going to be. 18%, 17% of the Knicks total cap. And even at a, at a, you know, 75% of what he was last year, um, he's still a starting player, still a good NBA rotation, you know, at worst an average rotation player above average offensively. Um, he'll knock down shots. He, it was just, you know, a few games ago, he knocked down that big corner three off the Brunson pass, um, you know, that they needed. As you know, he's had plenty of games where he's been awful for the first like 44 minutes and we'll go on a stretch in, in the second half that, that really yeah. turned things around. Seemed to get it going a little bit in the third quarter last night after a terrible first half. So um, I'm not overly concerned about R.J. Barrett, you know, long term in, in terms of in relation to that 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 contract extension, um, because I think he's a useful player. Um, he's going to work hard. He's going to work on things he needs to improve, plays the right way, handles himself professionally, et cetera. Um, so I'm not overly concerned about that. But I think you it is fair to question whether he's going to reach his ultimate upside. But again, I think that that him settling for that, and, and I say settling because it was far less than the max, was, you know, it was was an, a, an acknowledgement by both sides that, you know, his his ultimate, you know, star level may not may not be reached but i still like the floor that barrett brings the brings you know on a, on a nightly basis yeah i i do agree with that as well Knicks lose this one well one other interesting note uh before i i move on about that game and rj in particular was and i know you were at the game so i, I was listening to the game in parts because i was at work so there were times where i could listen times i couldn't but um at one point jim jackson had said something along the lines that you know the Knicks coaching staff felt like RJ really hasn't been up to the same level he was pre the finger injury and that they're also waiting for him to kind of get back to that level, which was surprising to me. I hadn't heard Tibbs say that to the Knicks press corps at any point, but you know, of course they do these, you know, pre-production meetings, where they talk to these coaches. So in this conversation, I guess Tibbs had mentioned that they don't, he doesn't feel like Barrett is really not, I won't say not hundred percent, but I think he's not up to, I guess in the right kind of shape or in the right, kind of uh you know game conditioning since the injury so that's the first time i had heard that maybe that has something to do with why he's not closing the games either i think that that was important to note um in that one so knicks lose uh they now turn their attention to thursday night with the knicks back in action at madison square garden 